This is a Federal News Network podcast. NASA's Glenn Research Center in Cleveland will, for the first time, offer virtual tours to bring an interactive experience to people at home. NASA experts will lead the online tours and they'll feature live Q&A. Federal News Network's Eric White spoke with Glenn Research Center's Debbie Lockhart. In normal times, we would host a public tour schedule throughout the summer. So it it typically runs April through October, and we invite guests um, to register and then come in and actually see one of our highlighted facilities um, at the center. And due to the coronavirus, the COVID situation happening right now, um, that's just not possible. Um, The center is following all of the federal mandates and and state policies and that sort of thing. And just unfortunately, we're not able to invite guests onto the installation to to see these world-class facilities. So our team sat down and we thought, you know, how can we make this engaging for the public and how can we still share NASA Glenn's story Um, And so we thought, hey, well, why don't we do this virtual tour program this year? So um, just like in past years from April to October, we're going to be running our tour program. Um, However, it has changed to fit kind of how things are in today's world. So um, it will be completely virtual this year, which we're actually we're excited about. It's something a little bit new for us. Um, And we're working really closely with our facility managers um, to come up with a virtual experience that's going to be really engaging and impactful for the public. Um, And what's really unique about this is that anyone who participates um, will get kind of a behind the scenes look at some of the advanced work that NASA is doing. So when you hear about these bigger ticket items, kind of like Perseverance or Artemis, this will kind of give you a chance to see what facilities and what research made those programs possible. So um, you'll get to see the ins and outs of the facility where uh, people have verified their data and evaluated the equipment to make sure that those programs would be successful. Yeah, that was going to be one of my first questions is, is this going to be an opportunity for you to take people to places that you wouldn't necessarily want to bring them in person because you don't want to keep a leash on everybody who walks into a research laboratory. Uh, but now <laughs> you have the chance to kind of show them a little bit more uh, in depth to what kind of research is going on. Yes, exactly. Um, that's exactly what we're doing. So um, this year, for for those interested, you can go to nasa.gov slash NASA Glenn Tours, and you can see the facilities that we're offering. But um, this is really going to give a chance for the public to do a virtual walkthrough. And what's unique is that the virtual we have virtual public tours that are posted on our website right now. So anyone could go to our website um, at nasa.gov slash Glenn and click on our virtual tours and kind of just poke through the facilities that we have. Um, But the program actually gives people the opportunity to go through those virtual tours with a facility manager or a researcher. And then at the end, we're offering a question and answer session so people can ask whatever they whatever they come up with and really get a, you know, a a personal interaction with the people working in those facilities. Um, And so it's just it's going to be a really good program. We're excited to offer it. So this is more of an expansion of what you all normally do, but just trying to make it a little bit more engaging since unfortunately nobody can speak face face to face for the foreseeable future exactly yeah so this is this is our effort to kind of bring nasa glenn into your homes and into um just the public view a little bit more so yes i would say it's definitely an expansion of our public tour program that we we would typically run um and last year our public tour 
program, it kind of got um, just thrown off a little bit with with the coronavirus um, pandemic. And so um, this year we were trying to get ahead and just kind of foresee where we would be and what we can do to really engage the public. What was the transition like going fully virtual? I imagine, you know, you want to speak face to face with people, but since you're not able to, were there any growing pains, so to speak, of ways that were kind of getting interrupted or things that got in the way of you all being able to do everything you wanted to do? Well, yeah, I would I would definitely say we love being out in the public and we love um, sharing Glenn's story and the mission with with everyone face to face when we can. Um, but, yeah, the just the safety of the public and our, our employees and the guests that come on are really important to us. So when we started looking at how we can continue this program, um, there were definitely a couple of different avenues that we looked at. And ultimately, we set out on this virtual tour framework, I guess you could say. Um, Last year in um, 2020, it was a little different because um, we had geared up for an in-person tour. Um, And so we had all the facilities booked and we had the the facility managers were ready to go. Our buses were ready. Um, So we had all of everything in place. Um, and then we ended up having to, to cancel. So we utilized the virtual tours that um, our Office of Communication had developed. But in 2020, it was different because we, we promoted our virtual tours, but there wasn't that that interaction. We basically, we promoted a, um, each one of the tours that we had on our schedule that year. Um, and we asked the public to submit their questions to us. And then we posted the answers. So they got to ask questions, but it wasn't as engaging. So we were just really looking at how we can improve. Um, and so with that, I think comes a lot of different obstacles. You want to look at kind of everything and make sure that you're meeting the needs of the public and you're you're staying safe and that you are um, you're offering the best content that you can. So I think overall, um, our our public tour team has done a really really great job the last couple months, kind of putting these together. Um, and we we actually um, created a promotional video too, which is which is on our website that people can see as well. Um, so again, that's nasa.gov/nasaglentours, um, and you can kind of see that. So you can get a sneak peek at what we're offering this year. Have you been able to test this out on anybody yet? And if so, did you? Uh, what kind of feedback did you receive? So we haven't done. Um, one of these and tested it out with the public as of yet. So right now we've done internal testing. um, And as we go, we're learning and we're making changes as necessary. So hopefully um, our first tour is scheduled for April 21st, and we're going to feature our eight by six supersonic wind tunnel. With that, we're we're using these internal tests to kind of tweak our programming and tweak our content and how we logistically offer that to the public so that when uh, the day comes, we should have no problems. We should have um, just kind of a, a clean way forward. Nobody has any idea, and this might be an unfair question, but uh, looking towards the future, are you all, what are you hearing as far as getting back to normal and allowing people to come in face-to-face tours? Well, we definitely know that that this year it's going to be 100% virtual. So um, right now there's there are federal mandates um, in place. So all of the federal agencies, just like uh, NASA, we have to follow all of those. Um, and so those will be, I think, looked at again at the end of April. Um, but as of now, uh, we're most of us are actually working from home remotely. Um, and so we're we're doing the best we can with what we have. And I think it's pretty great. We've had a lot of success. Um, 
uh, throughout the last year, um, even with the, the pandemic. So um, we're hopeful that in 2022, we'll be able to get back to a little bit more of a, a normal um, routine. Did you have a chance to consult with any other agencies or partners when you were coming up with this idea? Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, NASA as an agency, we have a, um, a really close-knit communications office. And so we meet um, weekly or monthly, depending on what group it is, whether that's our speakers bureau or our public tours or just our engagement overall. And so we're, we're, we're constantly talking with our partners at other centers and seeing what works best for them and how we can implement it for us. Um, and so I would say that the synergy in, in NASA is, is very, very good. Um, and so we've, we've definitely reached out to some partners. Um, and then we also have our visitor center at Great Lakes Science Center in Cleveland. And so they've done some virtual programming that we've been involved with as well. And so just kind of learning from outside agencies and other NASA centers, we've been able to kind of move forward. Um, and I think we're putting our best foot forward. Debbie Lockhart, Public Affairs Specialist at the NASA Glenn Research Center in Cleveland, Ohio, speaking with Federal News Network's Eric White. We'll post this interview along with a link to the guided tours at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. We now bring you a special presentation from our friends at WEPA. Shane, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us about WEPA and your new podcast? Mike, great to see you again. The podcast series, Lessons in Leadership, what we're trying to do is, is take a deeper dive, a different angle into the conversation around leadership with great leaders at all levels of government. Uh, since the 1900s, leadership has been studied in a serious and academic way. Uh, great man theory, the leader follower theory, the inspirational leader, transformational leader, all of these are backward looking um, development of styles, looking at an individual, figuring out how they did leadership, and then translating it into a form that we can use today to learn, to perhaps emulate, copy. But great leaders, they have more than one style. I think, I truly think that a great leader can adapt and transform into the role that's needed at that time. So what we're trying to do is, is talk to great leaders and go a level deeper. Tell us about your, a story in your past. Tell us an inspiration that really affected your ability to lead others. And this certainly applies in the uh, federal space. The federal government, it's over two million employees. Great leaders are throughout the federal government, both at the top and the middle ranks. And what we want to do is ask them to pull inside their memory, pull inside their personal history, find those moments in time when they were changed, they were inspired, they learned something about leadership from another person, perhaps it was uh, from themselves, and they brought that to the workplace and they inspired other and became great leaders. So that's what we're trying to do with the podcast. Okay, so I, I get that you wanted to start with leadership, but what makes leadership such an important topic right now for federal workers? Great question. Leadership today is tested like never before. Um, today's, if I had to put a leadership style, if I had to put names to it, we hear about um, empathetic, we hear transparent, we hear uh, 
inspirational. So today we have COVID, we have a down economy, we have people, we have social uh, injustice that we're dealing with. There are many new factors. And it's drawing like never before on a leader's ability to pull from within themselves and adapt to the current change. So leadership today is almost brand new again. We're taking all kinds of different styles, attributes, learnings that leaders have. They're looking at the current situation that we're in and understanding how do I move groups of people? How do I move my employees? How do I inspire? How do I get them to the next best place? So I think leadership today, this conversation uh, is extremely relevant, perhaps more relevant than it's been in several decades. You know, we talk about an employee's personal route to growth, but what role does the management side have in this? I think in the federal government, it's, it's a little bit different than it is in the private sector. Uh, my father was a civilian federal employee uh, he joined the federal government in the 1960s. Uh, John Kennedy, he was inspired by ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. He had opportunities to go in the private sector. That notion of service inspired him. It inspired an entire generation. I would like to think that call to service, which is unique in, in the federal space, in the government space, still exists today. Well, that about says it all, but is anything else you'd want the audience to know about you personally or WEPA as an organization? Uh, I have been uh, around the group affinity insurance world for um, three decades. I've uh, led, this is my second uh, major organization that I've led. And I will tell you that we impart this feeling, uh, you mentioned it, Mike, about service, this notion. We serve those who serve. And uh, I will tell you that it's refreshing. It's a blessing to be there. And <clears throat> I have so much respect for civilian federal employees at every level of government. In this podcast, we're hoping to talk to leaders which are similarly inspired and can share their learnings over a lifetime and uh, this will be useful information uh, for anybody in government service. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.